my career was over, I was learning how to walk, and I could no longer use my right arm and hand, and I was right hand dominant. I couldn't tie my shoe. I had to figure out a tactic to put my toothbrush in my mouth. I had to figure out a tactic to make sure all of my shoes were tied before I walked out of the door. And so when I look at people, I'm like, man, people are so arrogant. Like, people get a little bit of success, they on top of the world, don't realize one day they can wake up, the world can be on top of them. That's Inky Johnson, and this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Monday. Thank you so much for joining me today as we kick off this week with Inky Johnson. And he's back on the show to share some Monday motivation and to encourage us to turn our biggest challenges into opportunities. Here's Inky Johnson. Enjoy. And so what happened with me when I got to college with this NFL dream, I'm going to bring it full circle for you. I got there and they asked me two things. They said, Inky, what's your plan? I said, my plan is to graduate three years. They said, how are you going to do it? I said, I'm going to go study all, boom, 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 do what I got to do. I'm going to knock it out. They said, okay, what are you going to do after that? I said, I'm going to the NFL. They said, well, Inky, you didn't just knock it out in the classroom. I said, yeah, but I really need to help my family. I said, my family's in a two-bedroom home, man. It's 14 people. Well, now I'm 13 because I'm here. I got to college. It was my first time sleeping in a bed by myself. I went on my visit. They said, Inky, have you been to a sorority party? I said, no, man, I've never been. They said, brother, we're taking you tonight. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They had me this plush suite at the Marriott. And so I tell the guy, I said, man, can you take me to the Marriott? He said, sure. So you want to get changed? I said, yeah, you just take me up to the Marriott. I get to the Marriott, and I'm getting out of the car, and I say to him, I said, all right, brother, I'll catch you tomorrow. He said, man, I told you we got to go to the sorority party. Are you sick? I said, no, brother, this is my first time sleeping in a room in my bed. Like, it's a king-size bed in there. I said, bump that sorority part. I got my own bed. <laughs> and so I start working for this dream and coming into my third year, my coach comes into the room. He has two pieces of paper in his hand. And I'm studying. And I'm watching the California Bears at the time. They had guys like Marshawn Lynch, Deshaun Jackson, Justin Forsett, loaded team. And I'm watching them. My coach, a guy by the name of Larry Slade, great man, great leader. He says, Inky, I got some great news for you. I said, what you got, coach? Hands me the first piece of paper at the top, projected to graduate three years. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Hands me the next piece of paper at the top, projected top 30 draft pick, first round, automatic multimillionaire. You can leave after your next 10 football games. I drop the clicker. I run out of the room. I call my mother and grandmother on a three-way. They pick up. I said, listen, after this season, We'll never miss another meal. We'll never struggle again. I said, our lives are about to change. And little did I know our lives were really about to change. We come out, first football game against California Bears, get the victory. 
I have a great game. I get nominated on ESPN, SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Everything goes great. Second game, playing against Air Force, great group of guys, tough group of guys. Two minutes left in the game. Game is basically over. And so their quarterback drops back, and I'll never forget it, and he throws the ball to one of their guys. He catches it. I'm going to make the tackle that's supposed to end the game. And as soon as I hit this guy, it seemed as if every breath in my body left. My body went completely limp. I fell to the ground. I blacked out. It had never happened to me before. When I opened my eyes, my teammates were running over to me. They said, Ink, get up. Let's rock, man. Let's go. I said, I can't. They said, what do you mean you can't get up? You're, you're our guy. We need you. I said, I can't. They said, what do you mean you can't get up, man? You can nurse your injury after the game. I said, I can't feel anything. There's a shock going from the crown of my head to the bottom of my feet. I can't feel anything. The shock eventually left, and it stayed in my right arm and hand. They brought the spine board out. They put me on the spine board, and they willed me off the field. And I get beside the ambulance, and my father's waiting there. And I say to my father, Pops, I got him, right? I put it on him, right? He said, yeah, son, but I, um, I really think you got the worst part of this one. They get me up in the ambulance. They say, we'll take you over and run a couple tests. It's football, ink, things happen. We're sure you'll be fine, man. They get me over to the hospital. They run CAT scans, different tests. They bring me back into the room. My mother comes in. She kisses me. She says a quick prayer. She cracks a joke. She says, ink, it's football, things happen. Sure you'll be fine. And she goes to walk out of the room. And I'll never forget, I'm watching my mother walk out of the room. But as I'm watching my mother, I can hear somebody running from the opposite side. And so when I turned, I noticed it was the head doctor. And he was screaming at this point. Guys, guys, get in here. We got to rush this kid back to emergency surgery. He's about to die. And I'm looking at him. And I'm like, man, you can't use another word. <laughs> I'm like, use a synonym, brother. Like, die? I'm like, I get, like... <laughs> The urgency of the situation, but I'm like, die? He's like, yeah, I'm like, like, die, die, like, away from here. He's like, yeah. I said, man, what happened? He said, you ruptured your subclavian artery in your chest, you're bleeding internally. He said, we got to rush you back, take the main vein out of your left leg, plug it into your chest in order to save your life. I said, let's go. He said, well, I guarantee you, you won't be here in the morning. I said, let's do it. The next morning, I woke up from surgery. The game of football on my scale of life was that big. NFL, multi-million dollar contract, it was funny. Everything I thought was so important and wrapped my identity in, it wasn't that important anymore. I was embarrassed. People were coming in and saying, now, man, Inc., sorry about what happened to you. You deserved it. Like, man, you don't deserve this to happen. Like, you deserve to make it. Do well. You're a great guy. Like, man, this shouldn't have happened to you. And have you ever been through something to where the situation holds such a level of conviction, it makes you self-assess? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, was that all you wanted? Like, the only thing you wanted was to make it to the NFL because you grew up two-bedroom home, 14 people? Only thing you wanted was a million-dollar contract? There's nothing wrong with that, but I felt as if I had much more to give to the world. I'm like, man, think about all the opportunities you missed because the only thing you cared about was making it to the NFL and you could have made a difference and an impact in somebody's life. But anything that didn't revolve around what you were trying to do and where you were trying to make it to, you didn't give it much attention and energy. 
And so the most amazing thing that happened was I got placed in this beautiful process. I had a brachial plexus avulsion and a ruptured subclavian artery. Brachial plexus is basically the nerve roots that come from your spine. They control shoulder, arm, hand, fingers. And so anytime you're watching a game, you throw your arms up, brachial plexus. Anytime you get ready to make a fist, brachial plexus. You want to smack somebody, brachial plexus. <laughs> Just think, ink told me brachial plexus, right? But the thing about a brachial plexus is nobody can give you an answer. They can do surgery and say, well, we're going to expect this to happen in two to three, but nobody can give you a concrete answer. And so they shipped me up to the Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota, some of the best doctors in the world, one of the best places in the world. And so I go there, and this is the reason why I tell people this is the best thing that ever happened to me outside of getting married to my wife and having my two children. I go there, and they tell me, okay, Inc., here's the deal. We're going to order you every piece of equipment on the face of this planet. Arm skateboards, balloons for your mouth, breathing techniques. They had cut me through my ribs twice. They had cut me six times down my left thigh. I had to learn how to walk again. They cut me across the left side of my neck, across the right side of my neck, twice through my right ribs, cut out my right pec, bottom of my armpit to the bottom of my hand, put 350 staples in my body, and banished me from my neck to my knees. Just a week prior, I was 438, bench pressing 325 pounds, one of the top-rated defensive backs in the country. To the next week, my career was over. I was learning how to walk, and I could no longer use my right arm and hand, and I was right-hand dominant. I couldn't tie my shoe. I had to figure out a tactic to put my toothbrush in my mouth. I had to figure out a tactic to make sure all of my shoes were tied before I walked out of the door. And so when I look at people, I'm like, man, people are so arrogant. Like, people get a little bit of success. They're on top of the world. don't realize one day they can wake up, the world can be on top of them. Like, people don't realize the thing that they've acquired. Like, people think, like, success is theirs. Like, people think, like, man, success is mine. Like, success is rented. Like, I think it's J.J. Watt that says success is rented and a rent due every single day. You got to bring it, right? And so when I got there, they said, we're going to order you this equipment. I said, so what's the process? They said, we need you to come in four to five times a week, whether it's in Mayo Clinic or it's at the University of Tennessee, and you got to test something. They said, but we can't give you an answer. So it's no outcome. I walked away. I said, man, either this can crush me or it can make me strong mentally. I said, let's go for it. And I would come in, and I'm a pretty optimistic guy, right, upbeat guy. I would come in. They would give me a contraption. I would test it out. They would shoot this dye in my back, these needles. It was painful. They would make me go through all this stuff, and I would get up off the table, and I would say, hey, man, what you got for me? They would say, ink, come back tomorrow. I said, all right, cool. I'll come back the next day, try another contraption. What you got for me? We're not seeing anything. Come back tomorrow. And toward the end of the two-year mark, I got up off the table, and I went to one of the guys, one of the PTs, where it got really cool. A guy by the name of J.D. I said, J.D., baby, what you seeing, man? And I grabbed his shoulder, and he kind of slid away, and he was walking off. I hit a light jog over to him, grabbed him. I turned him around. He was crying. He said, Ink, I, uh, I hate to tell you, man, but you will probably never use that arm or that hand another day for the rest of your life. I said, physically, J.D.? He said, physically? I said, yeah, man, my right hook is gone, man. I said, it's gone. I said, I can't catch interceptions no more, right? Like my dream of throwing my kids up in the pool, catching them, can't do it anymore, can't hug my wife with two arms. 
right? Can't hug my mother with two arms, can't hug my three little sisters, like physically, J.D. I said, but I will use this arm in his hand every day for the rest of my life by the way that I live my life because I would never allow a situation or circumstance to define my life. Big thanks to Inky Johnson for stopping by. And what I got from this talk was Inky's ability to accept his injury and not allow it to immobilize him, but instead use his injury as a gift by sharing his story with the world and encouraging and motivating us to never give up despite any challenging circumstance that we're faced with. So again, big shout out to Inky Johnson and his message for us today. His website is inkyjohnson.com. His Instagram is inkyjohnsonmotivate. And please go check out his YouTube channel. It is uh, entitled Inky Johnson. And if you like this clip, I have a link to the entire talk as well as all the links to connect with Inky. And they'll all be in the show description. And lastly, before you go, when you get a chance, please follow the show Share it or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It'd be very much appreciated. So thank you. I appreciate you. And I'll see you back here Wednesday. So until then, stay strong. Later.